This this might be the worst podcast I've ever recorded. <laughs> I, I like that it was like originally I was gonna record a podcast with Mimi Page, Dance Safe, and Goodnight Out Vancouver about like women's rights and like all sorts of like activism stuff. And then it's like just hard pivot, garden sound, we're talking about loads, <laughs> like Peter North and fucking construction shit. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking whip, whipping shitties in a in a fucking Tesla. Welcome to the Mr. Bill Podcast. I'm Anand Harsh, editor-in-chief of TheUns.com, Bill's manager, and dishwasher at The Uns Festival. I say dishwasher at The Uns Festival because I literally don't have an official job on site, so I just end up doing everything, which is why if you were attending, you probably saw me greet you at the gate and wave goodbye to you at the end of the weekend and why I have a third degree burn on my arm from refueling golf carts and why this intro will be so short because I'm so fucking tired. Today's guest is Gardner, Bill's good friend down in Atlanta, which will be the new home of Mr. Bill in perpetuity. He's our first three-peat guest, I think. He's been working for the legend Matt Davis, also a previous guest, building very fancy studios for producers, including the one that ended up in my basement. They're going to talk about building Bill's new studio down in the A, whipping in infected mushrooms, Tesla, and building decks. Everything's on the website, tutorials, sample packs, tour dates, and this podcast. Go to live.mrbillstunes.com for absolutely everything Mr. Bill. Bill headlines Bigfoot Electro on Memorial Day weekend in Tennessee, and Tribal Connection is in Ohio on June 3rd. Kill Bill is in Charlotte on May 27th, D.C. on June 1st, and at Firelights Festival in August. Tickets at Linktree slash Mr. Bill's Tunes. There you have it. Enjoy Bill's chat with Garden Sound. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you are listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're 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 listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, uh, thanks for doing this last minute podcast thing. I basically um, had a, <clears throat> well, this week has been insane. Essentially, I had to close on the house, uh, as you know. Um, yeah, to anyone listening to this podcast, I bought a house. Thanks for, if you've ever given me money, thanks. You've, little golf claps, you've uh, purchased me a, how actually you've put me in debt. Fuck you. <laughs> no, <just. laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so I, yeah, I did the house thing, which was crazy. Um, but it yesterday. turns out, yeah, yesterday, we, yeah. but but the house closing date landed right on uh, a time that I had a scheduled podcast with Mimi Page and some people from Dance Safe and Good Night Out Vancouver. So we had to reschedule that one. And that was the one that was going to come out this Friday um, and they couldn't reschedule anytime this week. So thanks for doing that. And yeah, I appreciate you, uh, no problem. In, man. It's fucking awesome. No always chatting with you anyway. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and it's just cool to, yeah, it's, it's interesting because we've done a few podcasts before, right? Like we've done multiple, um, there, there's two things I need to say about this exact topic before we go any further. Right. Number one, 
Last time I was on the podcast, I said that Trump was going to get reelected. So I was wrong. That's a correction. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Fuck you, Bill Gates. I'm the new champion. <laughs> he, he and I were both tied at two appearances, and now I've got three. Nice, bro. <laughs> Get wrecked, Bill Gates. God is a better friend than you'll ever. <laughs> nah, um, Dylan's cool. I'm just fucking around. Yeah, I love Dylan. Um, but yeah, man, your life has taken a crazy turn. Like you had a kid, which is, I think you had the kid last time when we were doing the our last episode. But um yeah, since COVID and everything. And I, I mean, shit, I can't even remember. the. F- th- was the first time we chatted when you were doing 365 and the second time we chatted, you were kind of like, I think just doing like random sporadic YouTube stuff. And now you're just like a construction worker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, when, yeah. I, when I say like, just like a construction worker, like you're not just a construction worker, you're building fucking studios for like Chris Lake and shit. Oh yeah, I was um out there. I was out there working with uh, Matt Davis, like contracting under Matt Davis at Chris's house. Um, but yeah, he he designed the room. I didn't I, I didn't design Chris's studio or anything. I don't want that to. Right. I don't want any confusion to be there. That was that was not my that was not my role. <clears throat> yeah, how's that been going, man? Um, uh, it it's a little weird actually. Um, well, I guess like the maybe a good place to start is like, how did you get into Okay, so you built Chris Chris Lake's studio. Let's start from the beginning. Like, how did that happen? Like, what led up to that? Well, I I, I didn't I didn't build his studio. I just went out there to to like fix it. All right, gotcha. You fixed yeah, his literally. Studio. Yeah, literally, there was just a couple of things wrong with, um, like the, the the clouds that they put in his studio, and I was just I just had to get out there and be creative about how to how to fix it. That's all. Like, wait, they flew you out there just to fix these clouds? Yeah, so they, they flew Matt and I out there just to fix the clouds in his studio. What? Yeah, and it was like, it, it wasn't even like a, uh, like, what was I trying to say here? It wasn't even like a huge, like, okay, so so for me, it, it felt like, you know, kind of like, uh, really, you want to spend that much money fixing this little detail? Yeah. It was like... It was like the the fact that the fabric on the on the clouds didn't like necessarily line up correctly with, um, like like uh, the edges of the thing. Like like literally, it was like seaming. Like that, that was, was that, that was it. That was it. That that was number one and number two. Um, the people who were hired to actually do the construction. So the, the way it works is Matt does the design, um, and then he hires some people to do, um, the building. Which for a while that was me. Um, uh, and, and, but at, at this point it was somebody different that was, that was working with him. Um, ended up not working out, uh, we, we, we didn't really, but neither of us really liked that guy. Um, but they, they didn't finish the other cloud. So, so I had to go out there and basically, um, knowing no one in LA, I had to like source materials, um, figure out like some redneck solutions for how to like no really like for how to for how to make this work in like less than three days and like it, it was it was it was pretty nuts um yeah yeah I, and then i i also built um uh or, or at least i was a major component in building matt's new mastering studio in orlando um i don't know if you've seen any of his uh videos on instagram i, I have they look insane it's, it's like fucking li- sick yeah, you're literally just like sitting on like a floating floor thing in the middle of a room where you can't see any speakers and the entire wall is like a screen. Yeah. 
the it's whole like, the whole front of the room is a fucking screen. There's three projectors. So crazy man, it's insane. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was that's probably. I'm still saying that is the hardest thing I've ever built. That that was hard. And like, um, I, I don't know. I've been talking to some of the, the other guys that are still working on the project. I'm I'm no longer working on the project. Um, uh, <coughs> but like like it was it, it was um, everything was new. Like like to me at least. Like you know the the principles of building shit don't change. But like um, I had to figure out a way to integrate aluminum uh, uh, C channel. And LEDs. And, what is C channel? Um, it's a imagine a square tube, right? But then just mm-hmm. cut one side off of it. So it's a long extruded piece of aluminum that looks like a C on the profile, uh, but gotcha. like from a long distance away, it just look like it looks like a trough, you know. Gotcha. So that's what the LEDs are sitting inside of this aluminum C channel, um, and uh, and that just like it lets the light emanate up from out of that channel. Yeah, and and. and it collects the photons and launches them out the front through a piece of acrylic. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a lot of. It really tested my limits for for what I can build. Um, a lot of a lot of welding. <coughs> I did a ton of welding for that project. Um, the sidecars that hold his gear, plus the um, the uh, desk in the middle, um, is a. Uh, those are all one-offs. I'm never replicating that design. He's the only person that's ever going to have that design. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and uh, so I welded all those together. Um, all the speaker stands that are holding the speakers, which you can't see the speaker stands. We hid them all um, behind the fabric. So it looks like everything's just floating. It's, wow. it's, it's fucking crazy. Like the, the amount of his ambition for that room, it's, it's, yeah, it's something else. He was like, I need you to do this. And I'm like, okay. Like, right. <laughs> and that like, was usually my reaction was just like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, we somehow we somehow managed to do it every time though. So and yeah. a huge portion of this like the, all of these things that you were doing is purely just aesthetic, right? Sort of I I want to say like like maybe um cuz he he doesn't like he doesn't like it when people accuse him of being um concerned with aesthetics more than other stuff, but uh I think I think to a degree um, the aesthetics of a studio kind of promote uh, creative output, right? So, like, like I, I've got an aesthetic to my room, right? It's all black panels and like you know, funny shit on the. Oh, hey, by the way, this is you. See? Oh yeah, nice. The little for the, woven for the people. Yeah, for the people listening on, it's on hard to see because it's against the. I'll pull it. Hold on. Yeah, there's only um. How many of those exist? I think there's. Oh shit! Uh, one, two, three, I didn't even mean to wear this shirt either. <laughs> Yeah, those little uh, woven Mr. Bills, there's one, two, three, four, like, I want to say there's like seven of them in existence. Ben, our web developer, he just um, like got them made for everyone for Christmas because he's a nice-ass yeah. nice guy. He's a cool dude. My, I had to put it up there because Marigold kept hiding it around the room. Right. Yeah. She'd come in here and play <laughs> with the cables and hide Bill, and I'm like, all right, where's Bill now? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think aesthetics of a studio definitely like promote – uh, like a your brain to work in a certain way, and they they yeah. you know yeah guide decision making for sure. And if you're yeah. in a super clean room, like maybe you'll be more uh, likely to do a super clean mix down versus if you're making music in like a very dusty ass fucked up vibey warehouse, you might make some like dusty ass fucked up vibey music, you know. And yeah. um, 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. Uh, but yeah, man, but some Sorry, of the on. stuff we were doing, um, like, so the, with the Atmos, um, system, cause it's not, it's not only just like a sick ass mastering studio. It's also an Atmos room, um, like Dolby Atmos. So there's, um, there's a center channel in the front, two mains left and right. And then there's, um, side speakers like firing directly at your, at your head from the left and right. Um, then there's rear surround, um, four subs, uh, two front and two rear. Um, and then there's four speakers. I want to say in the ceiling, like, uh, and each of these speakers costs like a billion dollars, right? It's yeah, it's PMC. Um, (laughs) it's, it's, it's really, I mean, I, it's, Again, it's one of the most ambitious projects I've ever had the pleasure of working on, and I, I'm happy that I got to work on it for the time that I got to work on it. <laughs> it was it was fucking great. I can't. I, I hope I get to see it someday in person because actually, now that it's finished, I I have to I have to make an excuse to go down there and see it. You know. Yeah, I'd love to go down there with you, man. It's a yeah. I've seen I've seen pictures of it. It looks incredible, and I'm it's sure it sounds sick. incredible, and I'm sure it's very fun to work in. It sounds like nothing else. That's actually where I got to see Dune for the first time. And like, oh, I, wow. I, every time I've seen Dune since then, I'm like, ah, this isn't as good. <laughs> this, <laughs> like, isn't, eh, it's all right. this isn't a 4K laser projector in a fucking PMC Atmos studio. You know, like, what, 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 what is this bullshit? Oh, yeah. Speaking of these projectors, um, projectors are pretty noisy. So uh, you pretty much had to build these boxes for Matt to shoot... Uh, like so, so, hey, I don't well, even fucking know how this is possible because the lens of the thing has to be able to shoot out of the box, but then you have to like block all of the noise that the projector makes because it's basically just a bunch of fucking expensive fans and mirrors and shit. Yeah. So I'll 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 talk about that for a minute, but I, I have to like disclaimer say that the the projector might be why <laughs> the projectors might be why <laughs> Matt and I parted ways. Oh man, because like it's um. So yeah, there's a couple problems with projectors. Okay, they're beautiful. I mean that that is the crispest, best picture I've ever seen in any room, bar none, for sure. It is beautiful. It's dynamic. It's um, you know the the motion almost looks real, uh, especially when you pair it with a really nice projector screen, which you bet you bet your ass he did. Um, so like once that was all set up and like we watched the thing, I was like, oh my god, this is really great. But here here's the problem: they're loud which you don't want if you're mastering music, right? You don't want any floor noise. Right. Two, they generate a fuckload of heat, like like a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. So what we did was uh, I had to build what's called a hush box. Um, and the hush box is basically uh, a box that is suspended from the ceiling by uh, chains or cables, or you can install it into the ceiling. It doesn't really matter. Um, but... It's it's got a bunch of um, turns, right? So when 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 a fan pulls air into the box, it pulls it around a whole bunch of turns, which um, kind of breaks up the turbulence of the air and makes it quiet. And you you fill the turns like imagine imagine a maze, right? Yep. So basically, it's just like a maze going like this, you know, like a bunch of a bunch of different turns until it gets to where the intake is for the projector. And then on the other side, same thing. So for the exhaust, there's a bunch of turns, and then you have to pipe the exhaust out of the room. So, um, it's got an intake that's, you know, at the back of the hush box and then the, uh, the, the, um, the, the exhaust, uh, also has to be ejected from the room. So we had, um, 
we had a custom uh like heavy um uh, uh flex duct because it has to be heavy like you need that mass or else you can hear the air moving um and i got the thing to shut up to within a decibel so wow it, yeah it's within a decibel of of difference between having the projector on and having the projector off because of the hush box if that makes sense wow and so like yeah what what kind of a did you have to do a ton of research and stuff to to build that thing or was there some information already online about how to like like how do you even start with a problem like that if someone goes hey i'm building a mastering studio here's a loud fucking projector i want that to be the thing that projects images onto my wall so i can make everything look like it's floating and shit and there's no seam edges on anything and like i just want to be you know i want, I want this crazy thing to happen make that thing happen and make that be quiet. Like, how do you even input any words into Google that give you information about that? Like I said, man, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and I, I now that it, now that I've done it once, I'm like, oh, I could do it better. Like, you know what nice. I mean? Like, I, I got that itch to try again. Where I'm like, I could do it better. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that's that's where Matt and I are, are pretty similar. Actually, we 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 both have that. Like, I could I could get that grin where you're like, I can fucking do it again and do it better next time. Um, uh, well, but, I got, yeah, a, no. got a project for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got a little project for you. I got a little project for you. A little project. Fucking um, <laughs> what? What? Uh, what we're we talking about? Oh yeah. So how do you start? Well, for for me, like I luckily I was coming. Um, uh, Matt had already done a, a lot of the legwork, so like he he was like, hey, I know that people do this. So you know, I looked at a bunch of different boxes and designs. Um, he had also already built. Uh, a hush box that was similar in design uh, for the air conditioning. So in the ceiling, and um, I don't know how much I can talk about this because I don't know if it's like a trade secret, but like um, he, uh, he he had done similar work already. So he he showed me, hey, here's what I did to make this quiet. Maybe we could apply that here, right? And so then I, I started looking at you know what hush boxes are and stuff like that. And I came to the conclusion that the hush box is normally in the other room. So normally in a projecting room, you have the projector in a different fucking room and you have what's called tech glass that separate um, the the lens from the screen, right? Um, and like wh what you're supposed to do is is insulate the wall enough such that the, you can't hear the projector on the other side of the wall. That's, I mean, that's what they do in movie theaters. You know what I'm saying? Like if you've ever right. been in a theater and you look up there and there's like a fucking light coming out of a window, like that's, mm. that's what's going on. Right. Um, but what we didn't know was that the projector we bought uh, didn't have what's called keystoning. So we what had to do a lot of um, So when you, when you project an image, uh, in order to get the image to be um, what looks like to our eyes uh, rectangular, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've got to use a keystoning feature in order to um, get the sides to do this because of... Oh, uh, gotcha. It's kind of like it, like it just stretches the image. It's kind of like warping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, gotcha. um, on on projectors that are for like, um, you, know, you know, consumer market projectors, they've all got um, keystoning options built into them. Well, the really super nice ones don't because they are counting on the, like the professional ones, the laser, the 4K laser projector. Um, they're They're assuming, you know, a bit about projection and how that works. So we spent a lot of time trying to line that thing up correctly. Um, like, like crazy amounts of fucking trigonometry and math, like, um, that he, he had to do to, to, to be like, okay, Gardner, it needs to go here. And I was like, okay. And then, 
you know, I looked up at the ceiling where I'd be tying it in and there was like a whole bunch of shit in the way that I'd already built. And I was like, fuck. So then we had to like, <laughs> I had to like, you know, like cut some stuff out and like, yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, man. Um, it was, it was, it was stressful. I liked it though. Yeah. But yeah, that's how it's done. Damn. You just, you fucking, you, you try one thing. We, we, there were several models before I arrived on the final model with the piping out of the room and everything. Um, so I went through like two or three designs before we finally found the one that, that, that worked. But the other problem with it is it's fucking ugly. What is? The projection box. Oh, uh, gotcha. And is it visible in the room? Oh, yeah. It's fucking massive, too. Oh, like, shit. Did you, like, paint it or, like, wrap it in fabric? Or? Um, I think the final decision, I don't know if it's been implemented, was to wrap it in black vinyl. So, so okay. it wouldn't be so um, just, quite the thing. Yeah. But it has to be huge. Like, I built it as small as I could. You know what I mean? Mm. The projector itself was fucking massive. The projector weighed, like, 50 pounds, too. Like... Let's talk about how we got it up in the ceiling, you know? Like we had to get a we had to like get a, a lift system and shit. <laughs> yeah, no, we had we had like a, a a winch driven drywall lift that we had to like lift it up and get all the chains balanced and shit. It was crazy. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, so I mean, Jesus. Yeah, my, it's my crazy. My dad was calling me. My dad was calling me. He was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Sorry, dad, can't talk right now." Winching up a billion dollar projector into yeah. a ceiling. I was like, I was like, I, if I told you it wouldn't make sense. Sorry, pops. Yeah, man. How many people have like built a mastering studio at this level? Like very, very few people on the planet have done that. I would I would argue it's the only one that does what it does. <clears throat> I, I I believe that. Um right. Like the specific things that it's designed to do. Yeah, man. Yeah, that gives you a very like specific specific skill set. Like you've had a very I think like the skills that you have now are like extremely valuable. Uh and something that a lot of producers uh lament on, I think, a lot, uh, you know, reading shit on forums, being like, How do I treat my studio? What are the best things I can do to my studio to make it sound better and all this kind of stuff? Um for somebody who's like just at home on a budget, who doesn't really know much about uh you know construction or anything like that like what do you what do you think some like somebody who's listening to this podcast is probably like oh man hey that's all cool and good and well but i don't have a billion dollars and a fucking drywall winch and a <laughs> you know what 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 can they do you think ne- neither do i so right um yeah matt that that's just for matt um right i, I want to say just one more time that he he designed that thing and he just kind of handed me the lego instructions yeah, yeah. and I, I put it together right gotcha. or not I mean, the whole thing but most of it that's still an impressive feat to be given like Lego instructions for a thing of that scale and be like, all right, I know how to use all of these fucking tools and, and I know what to buy to do. Like I could not do that shit. That's logistics on a level that I am not capable of. I'll, I'll take that comment. Thank you. Um, all right. So yeah, funny, funny you should mention that. I've been thinking about how I can um, like turn what I know into some sort of a usable guide um, like, like, you know, like, like the, the, the every man's guide to building a room, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like where I'm not really going for like top of the line. I'm, I'm like, here's what you can do. Um, you know, I'm thinking like, if you can save up like 2,500 bucks, you can have a nice ass room. If you exclude right. like the, you know, obvious, like expensive parts, like a computer and shit like that. Like if you, right. I mean, shit, I was even thinking about making a series of YouTube videos where I try to see like, what's the cheapest I can build a dope ass room. Um, right, and this is like, like not not including speakers, anything, desk, anything. Yeah, exactly. Like nothing. this is this is just like the room, right? Yeah, just the room. Yeah. Um, which ev- every time that I've taken the time to treat my room correctly, it's been when I've written some of my coolest shit. Like, yep. 
um, you, I think I went and heard your studio out in um, Colorado. Yeah. Um, it was it was at the practice space, the rehearsal space. Yeah, Doghouse. Yeah, yeah, that was a dope studio. Oh my god. Yeah, that 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 shit sounded so good, man. It didn't look very good, but fuck, it sounded good. That was it was it sounded great. Um, so after that, I was like, all right, well, I need to do that. So then I started looking at what my options are, and what I came up with was this system right here. So these are um, prime acoustic panels on my wall. Uh, they are basically just Corning seven oh. Five, I think someone's going to correct me. It's either 703 or 705. I can never remember the difference between the two. Right, but it's like an absorptive material basically wrapped inside some fabric. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it just kind of keeps, um, the more I try to elaborate on this, the dumber I sound. But like, um, it basically just like reduces the amount of air that gets transmissed, um, you know, to the wall, right? right. So like air movement is, is how sound uh, procreates. And so, like when it, when when the pressure wave hits this stuff, it slows down, and there's only a certain amount of air that's allowed through it, and then it hits the wall, and then it comes back out, right? And then you know it gets slowed down again. So hopefully, by the time the energy you know reaches my ears, it's too small for me to to perceive it. That's the idea, right? Um, so what I'm trying to do is figure out how to mass market this system because it's it's um what I've done is I've taken the the prime acoustic panels and instead of putting them directly on the wall. I've actually stood them off the wall exactly two inches. Right, with um, a two so by that, four or something like that. Yeah, I mean a two by four would 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 be an inch and a half, but um, but uh, th- these these are these are specifically made exactly two inches, and they're heavy as fuck. I used MDF mm-hmm. and uh, um, um, plywood, and I laminated it all together to make a two inch thing, and it's it's heavy as shit. I put one panel on my door um with some of those spacers and it turned that door basically into like almost a soundproof door because just how much mass i added to the door damn yeah it's all about mass right yeah because i mean sound is like an energy front and you need the only thing that can stop a big thing of energy coming is like a big thing of mass a big thing of mass yeah yep i'm about to have um jd what's his name i can't remember I just call him JD. He's a friend of mine from San Francisco. He's an MIT physicist. And um, I'm about to have him on the podcast soon, so we'll probably talk about all that shit. He's Sick. the guy who taught me what fossil fuels are. I was always like, ah, fossil fuels, fuck them. Like, you know, just like <laughs> didn't really know what they were. But um, fossil fuel is literally just decomposing dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, and we just fucking put these giant s- sticks into the ground to where we like these giant needles that just like yeah. find the fucking decomposing gooey fermented dinosaur and yeah. then we suck it all up in a syringe and then put it in barrels and send it off and yep. turn it into gasoline and put it Kinda in nuts, vehicles, right? burn it, squirt it out the back and we go forward. <laughs> it's like, how the, f- <laughs> it's the dumbest shit ever. But anyway, so yeah, I'm going to, I was, yeah, I'm going to talk to JD about all that shit. I don't um, think I'm going to call it gasoline anymore now, man. It's going to be just uh, fucking uh, dino, dino juice. Yeah, dino juice. Well, I mean, is it, there's a, I feel like, is it Sinclair, that gas station that has the Yeah, dinosaur? it's an actual dinosaur picture. <laughs> it's too on the nose, man. <laughs> yep, too close to home. Too soon. Too soon, Sinclair. Too soon. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, yeah, so anyway, I bought a house in Atlanta. I closed on it. I now own a house in Atlanta, which is where you live. Mm-hmm. So I would like for you to build my studio there. Um, and I think the best thing to do is to totally rip out the tracks of the garage doors 
and then just like lay mass loaded vinyl in there and then build a room on top of that mass loaded vinyl. Sounds great. Let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, what is involved in something like that? Like what is the first step for that? I mean, I'm asking both um, for you know listeners who want to know shit like this, but also personally, I would like to get moving on this project and why not do it on a podcast? <laughs> really killing two birds with one stone here. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, no, so... I, all right, step one um, is going to be like deciding the dimensions of the room because that that determines a lot um, of like you know how the room sounds like like what what are the the characteristic like you know um, pitches that you're going to have to worry about based on the size of the box right right it's also like, worth noting to people that um <laughs> get like putting a room inside a room is like uh, this whole concept I think that people. Um, may, may have not thought about yet, but the idea is essentially that you're creating a room that floats in space that's completely decoupled from the house, right? So the, de the decoupling is more for uh, noise transmission, mm. meaning that that you're not going to have noise transmitting from the outs out outside of the room into the room, right? So mm. the, like it's it's the point is to achieve like the the lowest fucking noise floor that you possibly can, right? Right. So if so if I'm out back shooting skeet. You're not gonna be able to hear me, you know, like pull, and you, you wouldn't hear that shit, right? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So, so yeah. Dimension of the room is is first and foremost important, um, and then from there, uh, I would call George Sedaris <laughs> um, to ask him, you know, what the proper placement for the mix position and speakers and stuff would be. Um, he's a buddy of mine that lives in Atlanta that I've I've called on several projects to be like, hey, where should I put things? Because he's much better at that math than me. Um, then once I've got that, uh, it would be, uh, you know, the case of, of building the room. My current, my current build out that I've, uh, been wanting to try is using two by sixes. So, um, the walls would be a little bit thicker than normal and it would allow us to smash a bunch of, um, rock wool inside of there, uh, you know, and like some R15 and shit. And then like, just basically like do, do an entire like course around the entire room of fucking, uh, Corning 705. Right. Or, sp or spin glass or something. And the, the crazy thing is when you do a build like this, when you build just a room that is the studio, you don't have to like quote unquote treat it, right? Like you don't have to hang panels or anything like that because right. like the entire room is a fucking panel. Yeah, essentially. Like all the walls are just going to be made out of like rock wool and shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the, the, the concept is pretty simple. Simple. Um, the execution is difficult because mm. it requires a lot of non-standard dimensions. So mm. what I mean by that is um, a 2x4 or a 2x6 or a 2x8 or whatever, whatever 2x material it is, um, are the way they are because of the way houses are built. So when you build, when you build a house um, and you decide to have a thicker exterior wall, right, you decide to build with 2x6s, which is re it's required in some climate zones, um, then you, you need to find a door that fits a 2x6 wall. So... Around here in climate zone, I think we're in like climate zone one or two. I'm going to look that up real quick just so I can make sure I'm not blowing smoke out of my anus. Um, <laughs> yeah, bro. Make sure you like know what climate zone you're in. Yeah, I got to make sure I know what climate zone I'm in, bro. All right. So, yeah. So, we're we're in climate zone three. Mm -hmm. And Florida, where I was building, is climate zone two. Um, right. and, and, and you have to have doors rated for certain climate zones? It's not it's not about the door. It's about the insulation. So, the R value of... of um, 
Yeah, I'd say that building studios has made me learn more about insulation than fucking anything else I've ever done. <laughs> like, like it's 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 all about insulation. It's all about how much fucking CFM you can put through, uh, you know, some sort of a substrate. T- um, CFM is what? Uh, cubic feet per minute. So like like the 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 amount of air that passes through a thing. Uh, gotcha. And is yeah. this mostly for dealing with uh, sound transfer or temperature? Uh, both. So it turns it turns out that um, they operate on a similar gradient. So the right. the denser the material is, the more it actually uh, will uh, mechanically insulate, um, hmm. you know, a structure. So like, right. if it's, so, uh, if, so if you build like an incredibly uh, soundproofed room, and then you put a computer in there, that shit'll like heat that room up way more. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so that's a so whole last other problem we yep. have to do. So the, the the workaround for that is to buy a server rack and put it outside of the room and have a bunch of long cables that serve all of your um, devices inside of the room. Literally, just move the heat out of the room. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, which and that you, you, you you're talking to me about um, using something called a wall pussy for that. Yeah. No, that's not my term. That's Matt's term. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting super nervous that he's going to listen to this and be like, God damn it, Gardner. Tell everybody all this, tell everybody all this shit. I think uh, it's a fuck, man. Matt will come on the podcast and we'll talk about it as well. So. All right, good. good. You got to have him on. He's such an interesting mind. His, I, uh, I agree. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get Matt on at some point. I, we, last time I had him on was with um, Anthony Bissett, and Anthony Bissett is a speaker designer. So they were talking about acoustics from a whole different perspective. It's like we're talking about like, you know, room acoustics right now, you know, but they were talking yeah. about like speaker acoustics. And it's like when you think about it, a speaker is just another room. It's just a smaller room from which the yeah. sound then comes from rather yeah. than where you're trying to keep the sound in. It's yeah. like when you start thinking about sound in these ways, it's like, man, it's yeah. all just, everything's just a room that we're trying to control. Anytime those guys start talking about like specific impulses and like, you know, excursion of the woofer, my eyes just glaze over. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just I guess, tell me which ones are good and I'll buy them, all right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, speaker design is a whole other thing. I had, um, yeah. uh, what's his name? Matt uh, Wolfax. His artist name is Wolfax. But um, I, yeah, I had one of the speaker designers from PK on here the other day. He was pretty interesting. The, just, the um, they do the big like, Function one system, right? Or is that different? PK, no. PK make like the Trinities and all sorts of stuff. Um, okay. Function one. Makes Shows you how much I know. I function one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, speaker design is crazy. There's something that they do with the um, the subs on the PK systems is they have like a snailed, because uh, you know how um, uh, like a low, low 20 hertz sine wave or whatever needs X amount of meters to fully yes. excrete its... Uh, <laughs> excrete maybe that's the <laughs> to exist yeah. yeah to exist yeah um so they basically create this like snailed coil inside the uh the the speaker box that slowly winds out and like it's basically a horn that is like yeah. six meters long and then this sub or sine wave or whatever that has to like exist starts to like create its existence in the box before it actually even comes out the front of the box if that makes sense yeah, that's like that, that's that's a that's a mathematical constant that like is like a lot of things in nature follow that too. Like Jamie, bring that up on the screen. I'm like looking it up right now. Um, <laughs> I, I need it's, a Jamie uh, for sure. Yeah, we need a Jamie. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's um, it's a uh, it's a uh, uh, it's like a Nautilus shell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like a you, Fibonacci sequence thing. It's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, funny, funny story. Um, our ears, the internal organ in your ear that actually um, is the thing that measures frequency, is called the cochlea. Um, and uh, the cochlea is also shaped like that. Yeah, it is. Yep. Mm. It's a little, little snail looking thing. Man, I should get an audiologist on the podcast because, yeah, it's the same deal. It's like such a crazy thing. You have these like pinners, these like weird little curvature things, which is essentially like a little coliseum that like creates reverberations mm -hmm. and echoes and shit that like then go into your into your ear. And then you have like, um, what is it? The conch, which is essentially like like a little amphitheater, really. It's like a little like dipped out bowl thing. Yeah. And when you go in there, yeah, you have the the drum, which is kind of like a horn yeah. and then you go in there and you have the ossicles which are like yeah. the bones and then the, little bones yeah and they create the transference i think of electromagnetic energy which then get uh converted uh into the to, to the cables you know, which create the electric pulses yeah. i probably sound like the biggest fucking idiot right no now. you're actually not far off man i took um acoustics i took in uh college uh and he spent the majority of his time talking about how the ear works like he actually mm. spent way more time talking about how the ear works than he did anything else um and i think like understanding how it works is is pretty is pretty important if you're trying to make a noise that sounds away you know what i mean mm. um like I actually wish I could go back to college and just take that one class and then be like, all right, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, same, honestly. I mean, yeah. Doesn't George uh, George Sedaris he he runs Beleagle Beats now and Beleagle Sounds? Doesn't he teach acoustics or something like that? He taught at SAE in Atlanta for a while. I don't think acoustics, but I do know that he. I mean, I've I've, I've called him in on projects as an acoustician before, and he's functioned like that for me. So, for yeah. all intents and purposes, I think he is. Yeah, I believe yeah. he is an acoustician. Yeah. I should yeah, I should get him on the podcast and pick his brain. He's at this point, man, he's like a label running machine. Like he he just has that brain where he's just very analytical and he just likes to figure out how a system works yeah. and just figure out the most efficient way to run that system. So he just like when I was like, Hey man, can you like help with the legal beats? Cause I don't have any time. Um, he was like, For sure, I'd love to do that. And he's just like gone so hard with it, man. He's he's fucking genius man i love that guy i've got him i've got him consulting for my business oh wow like like so he's, he's consulting for me on how to make my fucking intake more efficient because i'm having some problems like with with uh like i'm good at getting work done and i'm good at like actioning work but i'm fucking shit at planning right so um he's uh he's helping me like um figure out how to how to wrangle all the data that i get from people you know hitting me up on facebook or email or whatever it's like there's too many streams for me where i'm like oh, i can't look at it yeah, yeah, that's gonna be really hard, actually. Right, ha having a bunch of people be like, "I want a deck built in exactly this shape, happening on this date," um, and then some other person's like, "Well, I want a pool," and then some other person's like, "I want you to fix this thing, like, yeah, just take out this half of my roof and replace it with a window, and like all yeah. this crazy shit." And you're just having to be like, "All right, this guy needs. I have to order windows to here. I have to order this shit." Yeah, no, it's a fucking wreck, dude. And like, yeah. um. My uh my my credit card has like such a high ceiling because there's gonna be like such a long time between ordering materials and getting paid. So like I'm wow. constantly running like a fucking five, six figure debt in my business constantly. Wow. That's it's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be a little bit anxiety inducing. <laughs> a little bit. But um the thing I really respect about George is he's like an absolutely analytical machine and he can fucking he can put it down. I don't know how he puts it down. They'll just go, he'll go, all right, that was fun. And he's just like off. He's like, all right, let's cook I'm off Greek now. food now. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Greek Easter at his place was fucking lit. Oh, my God. <laughs>
Yeah, I think um, just like with, you know, a mixing desk, <clears throat> it's like if you understand completely how a mixing desk works, you understand what all the buttons do. It's like you understand one strip on the mixing desk, you understand all the strips on the mix mixing desk, you know. Um, I think with, with acoustics, it's, it's kind of similar. It's like if you understand one like component of it, like if you understand how the ear works really well, then you all of a sudden probably also understand mostly how speaker design works right. to some degree. Or it's a lot. There's a lot of transferable knowledge at least. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all wiggly air, man. That is pretty much it. Same. This is yeah. Speaking of uh, simple, re reducing things down to their most basic things, I came to that conclusion with modular synthesis when I was like super into it. I was like, man, literally all this is is voltage. And voltage can only do three things. It can go up, it can go down, or it can stay the same. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. And literally all these modules are doing is that in different ways. Yep. I was like, it's that's, either, that's all a computer is too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Life is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> We've figured it out. <laughs> let's, let's, let's call it a day, man. Suckers, you guys can stay here. All righty. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> um, yeah. people listening to this episode are gonna be like what the hell man I was trying to, okay, a, man? trying to have a good day and now I'm fucking <laughs> my head's being caved in by, yeah. <laughs> by existentialists over here oh yeah <laughs> fucking about to about to Robbie Williams myself oh no his um his his uh the anniversary of that was recently I think that's why I was on my mind I think I was listening to something on NPR about him today where I was like uh on the way to work or something anyway too soon. Bad joke. My bad. Patch Adams was the best thing ever. Dude, he had several movies that were fucking cash money. Yeah. Um, uh, Good Morning Vietnam. You ever seen yeah. that? One? I That's believe so. Was he a news host person on that one? Yeah, he was like running the radio at the at the army post or whatever. <coughs> it was all about censorship. It. He was trying to like read some stuff and they were like, you can't read that. We're not letting the soldiers know that. <laughs> and he was like, like, I'll do it anyway. Yeah classic um so yeah what else man what else is up we talk about we talk about uh building houses i love talking about cool. that yeah let's talk about building houses um yeah how how's house building going because yeah i mean you, you basically went from I, we kind of already covered a little bit but you basically went from um being an accountant to <laughs> i forgot <laughs> about that oh my <laughs> yeah bro like when i first met you you were like i used to be an accountant like a year ago and now i'm doing this like garden sound 365 thing where i make a video every day with a tune every day and i was like well that's a crazy project and it's crazy that you just went from accounting to that and then you like had this thing where you're like fuck that i hate that shit and then you just started doing youtubing like sporadically and then whatever and now it's like you've I guess through the entirety of the time of doing all of that have also owned your own houses the whole time. So I've just been like, uh, yeah. you know, DIY fixing your house yeah. all the time. And that has, um, helped you slowly over the years, build up the skills of like how to build shit and mm -hmm. how can, how, you know, st how, how construction stuff works. And I think you what mostly learned that off YouTube tutorials and, and whatnot. And yeah. now you just like own a construction company and, like, <laughs> and now you build houses. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I totally forgot about the fucking accounting job, oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, man, I've done so much shit that I even, I even remember all the shit that I've done. And uh, I guess so. Last time we were on the podcast, I was I was working at oh yeah, I was working at the prop studio. Um, 
Oh yeah, that's design. right. Yeah, you worked at a uh, at a yeah. film prop studio building yeah. prosthetics for film, Marvel yeah. films. I, I've got a fucking sick ass <laughs> prop in in Chris Pratt's terrible movie uh, Tomorrow War. Uh, wow. You can suffer through an hour of it. You get to see my time machine that I built. Wow. But yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's just exactly what the day after tomorrow was that Tom Cruise did like fucking seven years ago. It's the right. same thing. How uh, how how yeah? What what even was that job and how did that work? <laughs> um. I got it because I was posting uh, stuff on Instagram that I was fixing up at my house and like little woodworking projects and like this rack and stuff like that. Like I was posting all these photos of progress of that. And one of the employees was following me on Instagram and he said, Hey, you want a job? And I said, I said, sure. I I'm, I'm tired of restaurant stuff. So I was, <laughs> that's right. You're a chef as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dude. So I fucking, so Sorry to cut you off, but like, you know how there's like archetypes of people in the world and you're like, oh yeah, that's like that person I know who reminds me of that person or that, that's, you know, you, you know, a few people who are like kind of the same, you know, it's yeah. like the neckbeard yeah. archetype and the weeb yeah. archetype. Dude, like the con- you. The contrarian. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the archetype is that Anthony Bourdain was, I think is also you. Oh God. So I'm, I'm also a drunk and thinking about it. So, you know. Oh, fuck that. Don't do that. This is going to be the worst episode ever. (laughs) No, dude. I'm so here for it. Fucking, yeah, no, I got you, man. Oh, that's a compliment. Thanks, man. I love Anthony Bourdain. He's an interesting dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anyway, prosthetics. Oh, yeah, prosthetics. So um, I I was working um, mostly doing, like, uh, finishing work. So finishing in the process of making a prop is where the prop itself is um, at a point where it's usable, so mm-hmm. um, it's functional, meaning that like it looks like it's going to pretty much look. Um, and what you're doing when you're finishing is um, applying uh, primer and paint and sanding, a lot of sanding, a fuckload of sanding, um, which is uh, what I tell people when, when they're like, wow, your forearm's really big. I'm like, yeah, I, I do a lot of sanding. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And... Uh, and and so I started off there, um, and then one day they uh, they were like, "Hey, the welder didn't show up today. You want to weld?" And I was like, "Sure." So they, they took me over to the the welding machine, and he was like, "Here's how it works. Uh, here's the schematic. We need you to build this." And I was like, "Cool." So they just, they literally just like gave me a welding machine and were like, "Put this together, man." <laughs> you know, Whoa. after like a five minute like fucking primer on how to <laughs> how to use a welder. What kind of welder? Because there's a bunch of different kinds, right? Yeah, this is definitely the the easiest one to use. It's like a hot glue gun for metal. It's called a MIG welder. Gotcha. Yeah. So all the MIG welders out there who are like, oh, it's hard, it's harder than that. Shut up. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Shut you just up. like point the thing at the thing and go like, melt this to this. Yeah, more or less. I mean, there's like two settings you have to worry about, which is like wire speed and voltage. Um, it's so crazy that there's a tool out there to just be like, melt this piece of metal to this other piece of metal. It does more than that. It creates it creates hot fusion. So like it creates like a mini sun. That's why you have to wear goggles. It'll 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 burn your fucking retinas out like in seconds. Whoa. Yeah. 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 So just you know, um, I got, actually I fucked up the first time I was welding and I, I wore short sleeves. Um, and uh, I didn't like um you know have any hot metal on my skin or anything, but I got a sunburn. Oh because, yeah, that makes sense. If it's creating a yeah. little sun, it probably fucking burns yeah. you. Yeah. It, thro- it throws UVB. So Whoa. that's the the bad UV that that gives you cancer. So I I, I uh, irradiated myself for an entire day without knowing what I was doing. Shit, <laughs> that's the accurate man. You can fuck yourself up in construction. Oh yeah, 
I fucked myself up yesterday. Can we talk about that shit? Oh, oh my yeah. God. You, yeah, we were supposed to like hang out and uh, get a meal and you stepped on a nail. Yeah, don't pass out, Bill. I'm not going to give you any gory <laughs> details here. But, all right. Uh, all right. Um, so so uh, basically um, what happened was there was a fence that I had to knock down in order to rebuild it, right? It, it was it, a tree to hit the fence and it, it was all fucked. So um, we, we decided that we were just going to knock it over, um, take the posts out and redo it. So... Um, we're taking the we're taking the fence apart, and one of the boards um, gets pulled out of the fence, and that's no big deal. There's like a couple of rules in construction that pretty much everybody follows, and I broke one of those rules, and that's why this happened. Um, if you have a board with nails in it, you're supposed to either bend the nails with a hammer so that it's safe, right? So they're all bent into the wood, or you put it nail side down, like um, like into the grass or something. It's so like right. all the nails are like spiked into the ground, and stuff like that. Right? Those those are your quick fixes if you're in a hurry and you're demolishing something. What you're really supposed to do is take the fucking nails out with a hammer and pry them out and just put them in a separate bag. Because hmm. um, you, you can actually sell that if you if you get a lot of the older nails, you can you can sell them at a scrapyard and make money. Right, because that um, just melt that shit back down into copper or whatever. Iron. Yeah, iron. Yeah. Steel, baby. So. Yep. Um, so anyway, you you can play Minecraft while you do construction. It's great. Um, awesome. <laughs> little meaningless things to pass the time. Uh, but I, I I put it face up. And I was trying to remove something else. Um, and actually, the majority of times I am, I've injured myself is when I'm trying to exert more force on a thing than I should. Because it always gives too fast, and then it, I fuck myself up somehow. Like, if right. I have a knife and it gives, and I stab myself in the leg, I'm like, fuck. Or if I have a <laughs> board and I'm, like, trying to pull something up. One time, I had a hammer, and I was, like, trying to press something out. And I took the hammer, and, and the butt of the hammer was, like, upside down in my hand. And I pulled it so hard that I finally dislodged the thing, but I had put so much force on it that there was still like some energy behind what I was trying to do. And I fucking popped myself in the eye, like with the butt of a hammer. <laughs> Jesus I, gave my, I gave myself a black eye. Oh Caroline was like, God, what happened? Right. And I was like, oh, you should see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so anyway, you put the fence down and you you just forgot yep. that you... I forgot and um, I, I pulled too hard on a board and I lost my balance. And then I went to catch myself and in, instead of catching myself on solid ground, I caught myself on a nail. That was Shit. sticking up out of a board, and it went all the way through my shoe sole, all the way up into my foot. Um, didn't oh. come out the other side, so I didn't. It wasn't a full puncture; it was just like a partial puncture. Damn! Yeah. Straight through your shoe. A, I had to go get a tetanus booster. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, good that you have that now. So I, I showed up to work today <clears throat> with a really sore arm from the tetanus booster, and also a <clears throat> bum foot, and I had to build a fence. Damn! That's what I did today. <laughs> all right, because you probably, as soon as you did that, were like, "I gotta go." Yeah. Oh, you didn't finish. You didn't finish building a fence with that. No, it was like fucking blood squirting out of my shoe. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck, man. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's that's rough. Yep. Well, so that's that's that story. Hopefully, that doesn't happen when you're building my studio. I will. I will make sure to bend <laughs> all the nails. Cool. Yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there for it. I'll help you build it. Actually, I'm down. Sick. You can be the official nail bender. Done. Nailbender Bill. Bill. That's Mr. your new name. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> just put it on all the festival flyers, just like Mr. Bill, two sets in parentheses, Nailbender. So. <laughs> Dude, that would be a pretty sick fucking name for People would be a... like, what is Nailbender, bro? What's he going to do? Nailbender? <laughs> I'm just up there with a hammer, just like between mixes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, speaking of that, um, the last time I was doing, I am finally found a way to integrate YouTube into my into my shit. So um, last time I was destroying a bathroom, I had my shotgun mic and my camera, and I recorded the whole thing. 
Like, oh yeah, I remember this cool ass sounds like like breaking a, a cast iron tub into pieces with a sledgehammer. Like that's oh man, fuck. If you had like the quality of microphone that Richard Devine had, and you were able yeah. to do just take it around to your like construction yeah. jobs and shit. Yeah, yo, we might be able to make this happen because I mean Richard Devine also lives in Atlanta. And yeah. you're in Atlanta. I'm about to be in Atlanta so I can connect you guys. Dude, this is why I'm coming to Atlanta, man. Atlanta's the vibe. I think yeah, it's like, like between between Richie and, and Ben and you, and like we we could make a, an insane sample pack that would rival like fucking damage. Yeah, I mean, probably Richard probably made damage, you know. Like he <laughs> dude, the guy fucking makes everything. Like when I was talking to him, I was like, oh man, I've used those sound morph sample packs. He's like, bro, I made those. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, of course you did. They sound exactly like the kind of crazy shit you would do. Have you ever um, seen a Jaguar, the car? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yes, I invented how it sounded. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah, of electric cars, I drove a Tesla for the first time, uh, like, fuck, like a couple of days ago. Um, so anyway, I was hanging out with Erez uh, from Infected Mushroom, and he has a, a Tesla. And dude, that thing is so crazy. Like it has a bunch of, first of all, it's like the weirdest thing to drive ever because um, it's like a video game. It's like you put your foot on the accelerator. Hold on, I got to shut down Telegram. It's pinging me with notifications right now. Um, so you put your foot down on the gas and you go, you take your foot off the gas and you just stop. It's like a video right. game. It's fucking right. crazy. And it's not like you take your foot off the gas and you like roll with gravity or whatever. It's like... It, you the start slowing down. No, you don't even start slowing. You literally just like, you slow down very quick. It's like braking hard if you take your foot off the gas. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of weird. Um, you can turn that mode off. So it has like a, so it feels more like a real car. Um, the okay. other crazy thing is like, you know how you'll be in traffic and you'll have your foot on the brake and you'll just like be taking your foot off the brake so you kind of like creep forward, like roll kind of? Yep, yep. Yeah, so the Tesla doesn't do that. Like you, right. you, it has a mode called creep mode where you can like put it in that mode where, where taking your foot off the brake like allows it to creep a little bit. But but its default state is like if you are not touching anything, no power is being sent to the motors, which are, by the way, I think there's like four motors like directly at the wheels. Yeah. Um, if no no voltage is no being engine. sent to them, then it's not going to go. So they're just um, done. Yeah. So it's it's really weird to get used to driving it. Um, the other thing is like opening and closing all the doors. Like there's just a whole ass fucking iPad like mounted into the dashboard basically. And yeah. There's just a button in there that's just like open all doors or close all doors, and you just like press open all, and the whole thing just goes. <laughs> and just like opens up <laughs> you just like press close all it just like capsules down it's so fucking space age bro it's crazy and um yeah, yeah the ludicrous mode on it is insane i like drove around la a little bit and we drove around some like roads that you know were were more rural and had nobody on them and stuff <clears throat> and yeah you can you like put your foot down dude and that thing just like takes off Holes. like a rocket it's it's crazy Damn. it's like you get like full-on g-force and shit it's nuts that's cool um, yeah my uh my brother-in-law has one i've ridden in it once but you know, it was like it was a good time yeah and and the thing just drives itself so <laughs> i was like hey i want to <laughs> i want to try self-driving mode and he's like all right just press this button twice so i press the button twice and then it's like you can just like let go and just like chill um, and just what? do nothing and it will just drive you wherever you're going and 
it, well, not wherever you're going, but it will like keep you inside the lanes. And if there's anyone around you, it'll break and like move for people and shit even. It's crazy. But it will say to you, you have to like put some pressure on the wheel because it doesn't want you to like go absent minded or fall um, asleep. Right. So you have to yeah. like basically put a finger on the wheel and like keep like messing with it or whatever to to have it be able to keep doing a self-driving thing but if you like abuse the self-driving mode too much like if you keep taking your hands off the wheel too much and being like look at me i can drive with no hands then it like uh it gives you a warning and then it goes like all right fuck you and like starts flashing red and says like self-driving mode is not available for the rest of this trip <laughs> it like punishes you for like for abusing the self-driving mode too much <laughs> all right that's that's it you sneaky bastard no more fucking self-driving for you it's like look man we're pretty sure it'll get you there but but you should still just you know <laughs> yeah but anyway after driving that thing i was like man fuck i want a tesla it's yeah that's pretty dope I, they're so cool i need to write like three more phantasmagorias and then <laughs> maybe i can get half a tesla nice <laughs> yeah yeah oh man fuck what was i talking about dude we were we got off track big time that's okay though uh tesla cars uh, yeah no okay yeah so earlier we were talking about like um like w when people like call me and they're like hey you need to you need to build a deck or you need to build this or build that or whatever you know what i mean mm. and uh like uh i was i wanted to bring up the point of uh normally w when i'm in that situation it's really the the reason i like this job is because I can point to the code book and say it has to be this way. Like, mm. right, there's not really a lot of arguing about how to build a deck. It's like, if you want this thing to stay up and pass inspection, it has to be built this way. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's that's always my favorite part of it is being able to point to the code book and saying, like, there are a lot of guys that are a lot smarter than me that have decided it should be this <laughs> way, and that's the way I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. What is, like, uh, one of the codes of deck building that you cannot possibly not do? Um... So a lot of what the a lot of what deck building code has to do with is loading and um, span. So if you think about um, terminology here, so a joist is the um, the the part of the deck that is right under the deck board. It looks like a grid um, and it uh, it spans uh, between beams or girders and uh, you can either put um, two beams or three beams or however many and make it a freestanding deck, meaning that it's not connected to the house at all. It just looks like it is. Mm. Or you can make it what's called a ledger and beam deck, which is my favorite type of deck because it's efficient. And I think it's a little bit more safe um, and, you know, kind of makes the house a bit more, um, it makes the deck a bit more sturdy because you're tying one side of the deck into the rim joist on the house. Right. So if if something ever happens to the house, um, you know the 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 deck will also you know get destroyed. That's that's the argument. But on the other hand, if it's a freestanding deck, um, you know th there could be something that goes wrong with the deck that causes a problem with the house. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Because it's like it's like too many variables. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you can't uh, you can't violate what's called a maximum span. So the joists, depending on how big they are, like whether they're two by sixes or two by eights or two by tens or whatever that determines the maximum span that you can have between beams or between the ledger board and the next beam, right? So like you couldn't, you couldn't basically, which is something they used to do, you couldn't basically have a ledger and then a beam way out in the end and expect like the deck to be structurally sound because the load that is exerted onto the joist 
um, in the middle, it's going to be too much load. If it, if it exceeds that maximum load, it'll split like a toothpick. Um, mm. um, so it, I mean, it it would probably it would probably take a hot tub full of fucking college students jumping around at a rave to to break a deck like that. But the the point is, like, um, you want to be able to say, okay, I know scientifically this deck can withstand a certain amount of load. Um, the one I just built for my neighbor can withstand forty five thousand pounds of load, which Damn. would be that's a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's several lot cars. That's like several cars. Several hot tubs. You'd have to like, yeah, forty-five thousand pounds of load. That's like Scott North times a million. <laughs> Is it Scott North? Is that the guy who's, who shoots massive loads? It's like a porn star. Oh, guy. oh, 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 Peter North. Peter God, North. God, why do I know that? <laughs> who, who's weird, me or you? <laughs> I think, uh, I think we're both weird, but I'm forgetful. <laughs> I'm forgetfully weird. Yeah, Peter gets up there and he's like, can this deck handle this load? And everybody's like, no, Peter, it's a party, no. <laughs> like, Peter, no. <laughs> That's sexual assault, Peter, no. <laughs> Dude, fucking. Peter, Peter North canceled for shooting massive rope at a deck. <laughs> I wonder, like, if scientists have looked into Peter North's nutsack and been <laughs> like, why are you shooting such big loads, bro? Dude, why so much rope, Pete? We got to figure out. <laughs> We gotta oh figure God. this out once and for all. We gotta, we gotta know. You know, this this might be the worst podcast I've ever recorded. <laughs> I, I like that. It was like originally I was gonna record a podcast with Mimi Page, Dance Safe, and Goodnight Out Vancouver about like women's rights and like all sorts of like activism stuff. And then it's like just hard pivot, garden sound. We're talking <laughs> about loads, <laughs> like Peter North and fucking construction shit. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking whip, whipping shitties in a in a fucking Tesla. Yeah, couldn't uh, be a possibly more polar opposite podcast, but I like it. I like. Uh, I'll have any conversation with anyone, man. This yeah. it's kind of my thing. <clears throat> I don't like um, limits with conversation. Like, I will get there'll be some shit that people say right that like offends me, but it's almost I feel like I'm getting offended most of the time when people say offensive shit to me for other people. You know, they'll say some shit to me. We're like, oh man, fuck, like you can't say that. But it's like, I'm not the one getting offended, but I'm like, you can't say that. And I'm kind of getting offended, but I'm getting offended for someone else. Huh. If that makes yeah. sense. I, I, can you give me an example? I'm trying, I'm trying to. Yeah. It's like if you drop an N-bomb, right? Like, right. that's not going to offend me, but I'm going to be like, oh, like it's going to make me cringe because I know that you can't say it because I'm getting offended for friends of mine who will, who would get offended by that. Right. I, I would be offended by it. So like, yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah, maybe that cringe thing is enough, is offense at this point, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think it's more of a recognition that someone's breaking a social norm. Yeah, you know? exactly. And you're just like, oh, fuck, don't do that. That's fucking. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, oh, Pete, don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pete, bro, is a perfect example. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I love just having every kind of conversation with, with anyone. Like if people just... Uh, yeah, I'm down to go on any tangent. You know, the person I've found who's just down to go on like the biggest possible tangents is Duncan Trussell. Cause he just oh. like, at any point he's like reality, just whatever. He's like, anything's possible, you know, he's, and he's, I think uh, through talking to people like him and, and others, um, I used to be so skeptical about like, you know, hippie shit, you know, like I think astrology is still kind of bullshit, but like, um, I used to be so, so skeptical about things, but at this point I, I just take more of an approach of like, I just don't know, you know, like, okay. I just have no idea. Like there's so many times in my life where I've been like, definitely this, 
thing like doesn't exist or definitely this and then uh i'll just be like you know what maybe maybe it does or i'll be proven wrong in some way yeah yeah hey i agree with that um i used to have a thought that there was no objective um like uh, boundaries with music right that you couldn't have like conversations with objective boundaries but that's not true either like right the entire the entire process of mastering something is all about objective boundary or it's right. like you know, here is the number we're trying to get to, and we're going to get yeah. to that number. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to hit targets, right? Yeah, there's that, but also there's um pretty objective boundaries, or maybe not necessarily. Well, yeah, I guess objective boundary means a boundary that you're trying to hit because you're trying to achieve a certain thing. But there is just like inherent boundaries with music, right? Like the uh, we can only hear between a certain frequency range and we only like certain notes and all that kind of stuff. At some point, like even if you try to break down those boundaries as much as possible and do noise music, you're still adhering to fucking boundaries. It's just, it just sounds like shit. Yeah. There's (laughs) there's still a form to your noise song. Yeah, exactly. The form was you put the guitar. It started, it happened, it ended, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. There's a form. Yeah. yeah, no, get, I, I uh, get wrecked I t- noise artists who think you're being all <laughs> anarchistic. <laughs> I have some good friends that are noise music artists, and some of them are some of them got some interesting shit. But I will say this: I toured with two noise acts uh, one time, and I was a, I was a chill wave artist at the time, and uh, and uh, it was actually a really really good uh, juxtaposition. Like, so there would be a noise act, and then me doing some like floaty Toro moi like you know Tycho Tom Cruise shit, and then you know more noise, right? Mm. So people people would get like wrecked so they could take the noise music and then they'd listen to my set and be like, oh, I'm grooving, and then they'd get wrecked again afterward. Um, but this one this one band, um, I'm trying to remember what the name of the band is, but basically was uh, this drummer, okay, and he um, he had a uh, iPhone like back when the mic was inline, like in the in the headphones. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The, the inline mic. Yeah. Um, he he would he would basically take that mic. And put the entire thing into his mouth like this, and go, <laughs> and and while playing the drums, just wow. incoherently like thrash metal drums while yeah. doing the microphone thing. And his buddy had like um, a fucking wall, like two, like a full stack of like um, <laughs> fucking like uh, Ampeg bass with a distortion pedal. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard coming out of two musicians. Ever. It was insane. I yeah, if I didn't have my earplugs, I'd have lost my I'd have lost hearing. Like it was it was Damn. intense. Dude, what are they I called? Love, Damn it. I oh. love how noise music people just go like, what's the most like just ADHD like ridiculous thing yeah. that I can just do? Like there's a guy in um Sydney called Justice Yeldum and he has he plays the glass like glass. He has like these giant sheets of glass. He puts a contact microphone on them, and then that contact microphone goes into a belt of effects pedals, like a utility belt. Um, of guitar effects pedals and then he just like puts the like smashes the glass up on his face and just goes like, <laughs> like does all this kind of shit while he's fucking with effects pedals and then through the set he like slowly breaks it all over his head and starts bleeding and shit and like it's like kind of performance art at the same time doesn't he like chew on it too yeah he like bites oh. it he like yeah he does all, dude I, yeah. I saw a YouTube video that guy had turned it off I was so uncomfortable I, think I was like that's dude don't eat class like, <laughs> yeah I think that's the reaction he's going for um, is he like wants people to to be like kind of scared by it 
Yeah, he he took his his uh, his his disease of pica and just really ran with it. Pica? What is pica? Pica is a disease uh, that's usually identified at an early age where you just eat things that are inedible, like sand uh, or or play-doh or rocks or leaves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, yeah, maybe he has yeah. pica. I don't think he has pica. I think he just like has the I want to fuck with people thing, and he's. I'll do it. At the same I'll time, he probably just finds it fun, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't think eating glass sounds very fun, but I'll, you know, to each their own. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I've never yeah. seen a Justice Yeldum set. I had a friend who's seen it. He's from uh, Sydney, so I had a friend in Sydney who, who went and seen it. And he was like, man, the set went for like five minutes and then he just broke his glass. And I was like, and he just doesn't have backup glass? And he's like, no, he's like, he just brings the one. <laughs> I was like, you paid like twenty bucks to go see someone like blow on some glass for like five minutes, and then it broke, and then you're like, well, yeah. I was, he was like, yep, and I was like, was it worth it? And he was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> this is my buddy oh. Frosty who got me into Ableton actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're uh, you're gonna be living in Atlanta fucking so soon, man. Soon, yeah. I'm gonna. I think my move-in date is like roughly around. Uh, so it's May 11th now. I think my move-in date is like sort of like mid to late June slash definitely July 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Got you a got you a sick housewarming gift. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Oh man. So the the realtor, like you know how they give you a housewarming gift when you buy a house. She yeah. gave me this like uh, box and it like had a on it and shit and I was like oh thanks like this is awesome um and then I like the gears started turning in my head I was like wait a second is this a fucking knife <laughs> or like you know like a for, you know cooking knife not a not yeah. a hunting knife yeah and she was like yes it is and I was like I cannot take this because I've got to fly on a plane <laughs> oh so uh, she's just gonna yeah. leave it at the house for me and when I get there there'll be a knife waiting for me she gave us a sick cheese spreader nice yeah hell yeah do you, do you yeah. use it all the time like literally all the time like it's a you know, peanut butter sandwiches fuck it get the abby cheese spreader out there you let's go, go. Yeah. yeah man big ups abby yeah. she's a good get an ice cream out of the carton you can try the cheese spreader <laughs> it's not gonna work but you should try it anyway <laughs> you're like trying to make eggs using it in the skillet and shit <laughs> <laughs> I, should just, I should just do like a, like an episode of a show where i just like fucking only use that for everything like cooking and everything like cheese spreader bro this is a multi-tool <laughs> This is a Leatherman. <laughs> I want a Leatherman so bad. I don't have one. Oh my God. Damn. I have so many tools, but why don't I have a Leatherman? Seems like you should have one of those. I should have already had one. I should have had one last year. I'm going to order one right now. How's <laughs> Sally Stapler going? Sally Stapler is good. She's going strong. We just recently uh, tackled some uh, Tyvek rap on a house with, with Sally the Stapler. Nice. See, I told you you'll get more use out of it. For people listening, yeah. um, this big panel back here, Gardner built this for me, and we needed to like. Uh, put a bunch of fabric on it um, and basically I was like we should just buy a sick like electric stapler so we can just go around and just go like dung, 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 yeah. dung, dung, and like yeah. smash it all in real quick and we did and it was really fun and then you're like alright that's your stapler and I was like dude I'm never going to use this fucking thing like you should take it and you've probably used it like 10 times now more than that yeah, yeah exactly. I use Sally stapler all the time yeah. I pull it out like sometimes when Caroline's like hey I need to staple some paper I was like I got just you're like thing. gotcha <laughs> She's like, Garden, that's way too big. That's not going to work at all. And I'm like, all right, never mind. You just like put the stack of paper on the thing. Boom. It's just like stuck to the table. You're like, done. 
<laughs> uh, what were we doing the other day at somebody's house? They, they were trying to break up like a like a piece of wood or something. Like it wouldn't split right. Mm-hmm. So I just went out to the truck and got my fucking sawzall, and I was like, "All right, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> Damn, awesome. Yeah. Man. Well, hey, dude, I haven't been in my studio for days, so um, I'm gonna try and use the this time or sometime this evening to try and just like go through some of the stuff I started on the road and and fix it and uh also try and make a new beat because i got some shows coming up in the next week or two sick um but yeah dude thanks a ton for popping in and doing this podcast last minute and as always it's pleasure having conversations with you man Mm -hmm. can i make a quick plug absolutely i'm returning to youtube oh really so Yes, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm, I've got a couple of videos in the works right now, and I'm, I'm officially going to come back and do it again. But not, not like the whole everyday thing like that. Like, yep. you know, when I feel like making a video. But it'll yeah. be more regular. Cool. Yeah, because right now at this point you've done it like never for a while, right? I've made like 10 videos since Marigold was born. So like in the past three years I've made about 10 videos. <laughs> right. So, so. Uh, <laughs> at what kind of frequency are you anticipating? I'm thinking over the next three years I'll make 11 videos. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, that's yeah, up 1%, is it? No. Yeah. Like 10%. 10%. Up 10%. My bad. <laughs> no, I want to do some regular videos. I've finally figured out a way to incorporate music into my job. Um, and my, my worker that, that comes with me on most days, he, uh, he's, he's a good cameraman. So we're, we're collaborating on some stuff. Oh yeah. So you'd be like making videos at the construction sites and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I basically want to do what Andrew Huang does, except uh, like, you know, with, with better, like, you know, sounds like yeah. instead of like, you know, little micro sounds that he does like like macro sounds like massive ones like throwing a fucking mirror yeah. out of a second story window you know yeah like, dude <laughs> like who else gets to do that shit like very few exactly. people get to yeah. i just i figured it out one day where i was like fuck i'm about to i'm about to murder a tub with a sledgehammer we've got to yeah. get that on film like yeah yeah we've got to record that shit <clears throat> damn yeah you should invest in like one of those insane like uh what are they the the sound... ambisonic mics mm. Those too, but like, what are those fucking preamps that everyone has? The sound devices ones? Is it sound oh, device? Um, They're so sick. Whatever they are, anyway, you should get one of those and like, you know, go get like, yeah. If you're going to do recordings like that, man, you could get it at yeah. the highest quality, you know? Yeah. yeah. 192 kilohertz, you know? So, I mean, I, dude, could, I could probably argue that it's a business expense and just fucking go absolutely, out and dude. Yeah, throw some money on one. Yeah, 192 kilohertz mic. Uh, th- those things are so sick because like when you import those samples into Ableton even though I think it like down samples to 44.1 actually this may, may not be the case but like I'm pretty sure I have the, a theory and it's probably not even a theory someone smarter than me probably just knows this but if you record stuff at higher sample rates like that you should be able to stretch them more like with complex mode and stuff right and they yeah. should sound better because yeah. there's like more parts there to be pulled apart yeah, like like um actually uh the 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 plugin Paul Stretch like the the yeah. the more the higher quality the recording is the longer you can stretch it. I did that on my last ambient album with um yeah recording into the RME with with the racket like an insane high sample rate and then then stretch the shit out of it. It sounded cool. Paul Stretch is so sick. Why is it not a plugin? It is a plugin. It is. I thought it was just like a no. Oh it's yeah, a you, no, you're right. It is a plugin. My bad. What what is my problem with it? My problem with it is like. It doesn't start with the transport or something, or maybe there's a setting that does. I don't know. It's probably always, a user error. I always end up, I always end up bouncing it in Bitwig. You just bounce in place, you know. Like I, that's always what I do. I just bounce it and then turn the channel off. Right. What I mean is, why isn't it a good plugin? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love false stretch. I use it all the time. Cool, all dude. Right. Well, yeah. Thanks a bunch for this, man. Appreciate it. Literally anytime. Cheers. Hell yeah.
Yo, what's up? Thanks for listening to the Mr. Bill podcast. This show is produced and edited by Robert Fumo. You can get early access to the show by going to my website, mrbillstunes.com and paying me instead of Patreon. And remember to go rate and review on iTunes or I'm going to come to your house and punch your dog in the throat, upper deck your toilet and fuck your partner. Note, I may or may not do those last couple of things. Uh, You should probably just go rate it on iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is that you listen to the podcast on because it really helps the podcast. Um, but but just know that that it'll go a long fucking way to me not doing those things if you do go do that. So uh, just just put that out there. I don't